Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. We'll start the countdown at two. That was an accident! This is the first time I've actually had to do this shit in how long? I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not going to deny that. But still, what a wonderful way to come back. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, everybody. And welcome to the kickoff a presentation of Network. I am your My name is Harry Broadhurst, joining you once again. It's been a while. How you been? How's the family? What's going on? <sighs> we had some shit happen, and I think that's the nicest way I can put it. We'll explain in more details a little bit later, but for now, introductions are as per usual in order. Starting with the once again co what the the once again producer. I don't know what I'm saying. It's it's been a long four weeks. The anchor man, Eric Watkins. Yeah, and you talk about me. The only difference is I have an excuse. I'm drunk. Wait a minute. Is that because I'm drunk, or does some look different around here? Mm, there is an unfamiliar now that you mention it. One face is familiar is the unprofessional Jason Teasley. Uh, it's good to be uh, back. Is it? Is it really? <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, it is. Yes. And welcome to the kickoff family, the Riz. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, my internet connection funny, and I had a moment there. I'm so sorry, Randy. Welcome Come to on. the kickoff family, the Riz, Randy Isbell. At, at least I know this is a dysfunctional family. Uh, you're not kidding. We're off to a fantastic. Honestly, we're off to the exact kind of start I thought we'd get off to. <laughs> you said get off. <laughs> Shut up, Beavis. <laughs> Yeah, cool. <laughs> All right. So there's an explanation in order for the hype. Um, so three years ago, coming up on four years now, there was a little show started with the intent of Bar Talk meets PWI. Or not PWI, PTI. I'm off my game. I don't want to hear a goddamn word, Teasley. Anyway, the intent of this show was to have a group of friends just getting together, shooting the stuff, and talking football. Kind of a loose format in place in order to keep things on track. That's obviously sailed for this episode already. But the idea behind it was that despite the fact that we all come from different backgrounds, it was meant to be a friendly discussion. Without going into too many details, things turned very unfriendly a couple of weeks ago. And in the process of them doing so, it was decided that the former fourth member of the kickoff, Brandon Biscoping's services, were no longer needed on the show. I, I want to say right now that I still consider Brandon to be, be a friend. I'm still willing to be friendly with him. I'm still willing to reach out and conversate with him. And I hope that he is able to find the peace that he deserves. It was in the best interest of the show, however, that he no longer remain a member. 
thus Randy joining us here. Um, Jason, Eric, you guys want to give any quick thoughts here as to what happened over the course of the last month and what's led to Randy joining the show? So Jason, I got kind of blind. Jason, I know you got kind of blindsided with this by Rattledge, but you were very professional when you discussed it with him. That just, I mean, uh, I just feel that Brandon, um, Brandon had a lot of a lot of balls in the air, so to say, and his priorities uh, kind of skewed. So I just wish him the best. And you know, like I said, I have no ill will feelings toward him. And you know, uh, you know, anything going forward. You know, I like I said, no ill will. I wish him the best. Um, and uh, uh, I guess that's, I mean, that's if anybody really wants to hear me go in depth, I mean, you can check out me and Mark Radledge over uh, talking about a priest that turns into a velociraptor and get my full explanation on that show's wrap up. Velocipastor. Yes. Eric? Uh, admittedly, during the course of events, I went I very, very scorched earth. And I said a few things that I wound up having to apologize for. But in the end, there were a lot of things that needed to be said, some of them on my part. But I hope that he forgives me, he continues to reach out, all is well, and that Nobisco will become a permanent sponsor. Ultimately, Jason's decision, ultimately, Eric has a say in this as well. Ultimately, I do as well. I am open to the possibility of Brandon coming back to help us finish greatest of all teams, if he would like to give his input. I am open to the possibility of Bisco joining as a guest in the future as well. I feel, though, as if some bridges may have been burnt that might not necessarily be able to be repaired with regards to the situation. And I don't know if you'll ever hear his voice on this show again. I want to thank him for the time that he did spend with us, and I wish him nothing but the best in his future endeavors. Oh, yeah, he's got a, still a pretty good future ahead of him, but a leopard doesn't change his spots. And on this episode... We turn it over to Eric at the news desk. <laughs> well, we will shortly. Let's first of all get to know Randy a little bit here since he's joining the show. All right, wonder. Randy. Let's so, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit off air. We, we, we've officially brought a division rivalry back to the show now, for those of you who don't know. Um, we used to have one on the show when Sean would sit in as he was a Dallas fan, and then obviously Jason and Brandon were – New York Giants fan. Well, now I'm the one with the division rival on the show. As a diehard Buffalo Bills fan, Randy, why don't you tell everybody who your favorite team is? Yeah, do we have to? Do we have to talk about that? Do we, can we just just move on, right? No? S-U-C-K. Suck, suck, suck. That's where we are. I am a New York Jets fan. Always rooting to be second or third in the division. We'll be rooting that way again this year, but... Mostly because a different team's good. So I, I know Buffalo's going to be good, but I, I still root for my shitty team. Uh, I'm finally happens. not alone. Well, we'll see what happens in the division, though, with uh, New England and Cam Newton. Yes, they didn't I sign agree. him to be a back Jared Stidham. No. 
Excuse me, man. That probably should have been the notes to discuss in the downtime. You told me six. You told me six. Sorry. I did. Hmm. It's okay. We'll discuss it now. Uh, Jason, your thoughts on Newton to the Patriots? He's black, he's black, and he's a quarterback. And if anybody can control him, it's Belichick. Eric. I mean, he's going to have a huge chip on his shoulder, and the narrative at the end of the season is going to be, damn, if only he had more weapons. Yeah, but I, I think Cam has always had issues with weapons until he got McCaffrey over there in Carolina. He didn't really have much over there. It's all going to be dependent on that offensive line, I think, with the Patriots as far as how Cam Newton does. I mean, that was the other big issue he had in Carolina is he was running around to try to save his life. So if Belichick can come up with schemes to keep him upright and safe and, and uninjured, I think Cam Newton's a huge signing for New England. I think Newton's going to test our system quarterback theory as far as New England goes because uh, Newton and Brady play almost polar opposite styles of football. But if Newton's able to have the same success in New England that Brady was able to, then you could definitely tell that the New England system is a product of Belichick and Robert Kraft more so than the quarterback. Well, not only that, it's number one, I have trust in Dante Scarnacchio, Patriots offensive line coach. If anybody can turn chicken shit into chicken salad, he can. But we're also going to be able to test this theory on the pretty cheap because at a $7.5 million max contract, yeah, this is going to be about proving a point and then seeing what Newton does afterwards. I say that's an excellent bargain deal and I'm worried about having to face Newton twice in a season now. I, I think that having the opportunity for him to work under Belichick is going to do nothing but advance Newton's skill level. The question is, is like Eric said, is will he have the weapons around him in order to remain relevant here against a much more beefed up Buffalo Bills offense as well? Well, if you get a certain tight end from Cleveland, that would help. Yeah, there are rumors that David Njoku wants out of Cleveland. Who doesn't right, nowadays? So, <laughs> I'm, I mean, you're not wrong. All right, so Jets football fan in the NFL, he adds something that we haven't previously had on this show here. As Randy has a little bit of a bias when it comes to college football. I have a what? I have a West Coast bias. I, yeah, I mean, basically, that's where I live over here. I watch most of it. And unlike most other people in the country, I'm still awake when the West Coast teams play football. So, yeah, it'll be, yeah, it'll be nice to be. I mean, if we get college football this year, it'd be nice to even you guys out a little bit. Me and Eric are big proponents of football after dark over here on the East Coast. We always talk about the um, the Pac-12 games, the Mountain West game, and the what's the other one I'm forgetting that's out there. I know there's another conference out there. Oh, geez. No. The WAC? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, the WAC is out here. Yeah, that's it. But WAC is basketball only. That's why I was spacing. No, uh, WAC has football. It's the WCC that's basketball only. Actually, no. You had a lot of the members of the WAC 
They broke off and formed the Mountain West. they break off now? Yeah, they broke off okay. and formed the Mountain West, and then the oh WAC dissolved God. football. Yeah, Shoot. that's what I thought. I was trying to place the third. I was trying to place a third conference out there, but there's only two main conferences out there now. This what what happens when you go on quarantine for four months and you get hooked into NCAA football thirteen? Is I've, all my conferences are all sorts of messed up. Well, that's what you get for having thirteen. That's the last thirteen or fourteen, whatever the last one is. That's what I've been playing. Remember, Eric, the NCAA lost its video game license in like 2015. Yes, and remember, name, image, and likeness. That's coming back. <laughs> yeah. And when that next game comes out, I can finally upgrade my college football. I actually saw a theory that they might do college teams in Madden next year. Look, if they do college teams with that 6v6 yard mode, I'm all on it. I want them to bring back Madden Arcade. That shit was fun as hell. Like, you might have yeah. something towards that. Stay tuned. I've been hearing a lot of chatter. All right. So, Randy is technically a Washington State fan, I believe. Conversation. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really have a, a, a set college football team. Yeah. Because I don't follow it like a team closely enough where I can like name off a bunch of people. But I've been to a bunch of Washington State games over the last few years. So, I technically can call me a Cougar fan. Did you see Did Florida you... Man before he became Florida Man? I'm not. I'm not. He's asking if you ever saw Gardner Minshew play at Washington State. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I went to a few of those games. Randy clearly had listened to the show previously. Oh. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> You'll catch up. I it's told him baptism by fire. Yeah, I'll... I, I'll learn. You falling asleep over there, Jason? Wake up. I'm awake. I'm old, but I'm not that damn old. <laughs> Normally, it takes him a couple of hours before he falls asleep on the show. Yeah. I will say, I am, I am kind of looking forward to getting that, uh, that left coast bias over here, though, because of the fact that we do talk about football after dark here, but a lot of times we don't necessarily narrowly go into full details about the Pac-12 games and the Mountain West games there. So it'll be interesting to see something and, to be on the show with somebody yeah. that has an opportunity to watch those late-night games, even if us here on the East Coast aren't able to do so on a consistent basis. And somebody that, you know, that rounds everything right. out and we're not just having a three-person college football discussion. That's and true. someone that has different reasons for hating the college football playoff. Oh, uh, see, the, the, the Pac-12 is so good at screwing themselves out of that playoffs. I can't even blame the playoff system for that. They just wh – whoever's at the top of the Pac-12, you know is going to lose the next week. I give you Utah last year to Oregon. It wasn't even just In a game, by the way, I called that predictions last year. I'm just saying. All right. So let's get to what the actual reason for the show is here. Obviously, this is kind of our welcome back episode. You'll notice that we missed a significant amount of time. You'll notice it in the feed. You'll notice it through the fact that we haven't been real active on the website either. So we've decided to pause our greatest of all teams for this particular episode. And we are instead going to bring you kind of a catch-up news and notes edition of the, the kickoff here this week. In order to do so, I throw things over to the anchor. And Mr. Watkins, the floor is yours. 
Oh, slightly more oh, sober, but that could change by the end of the show. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. First off, we have the half billion dollar man. Um, Harry. What time is it? What time is it? Gotta help. Gotta help. Yes, Harry, you're correct. It's Mahomes time. To the tune of a $503 million extension. Oh, my God. I just realized how much Randy looks like Robert Taylor. <laughs> I, I would also like to apologize also, to everybody. I created that monster. He, he was on my podcast first more than before anything else. And I, I apologize to anyone he's ever done it with. You're fired. Sorry. It's my fault. It's my fault. Congratulations. And an impressive feat to manage to make a $5 million contract in the process. That being said, though, this is an awful lot of money to give a young man just two years into his career. Well, I mean, nearly 10,000 yards, MVP, Super Bowl MVP. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, but uh, Jason, uh, that he'd like $107 million spent to to him. And I know Jason has been wishing ill on Patrick Ross for two seasons now. But if anything were to happen to him, Kansas City is fucked to get the cat. Yeah, I'll still yeah. hope he breaks his neck and still becomes a quad, uh, quadriplegic just so I control Robert Taylor so I can, uh, and send him wheelchair pictures and everything and rascal and pictures. But, um, but uh, I, 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 think, I, I think Kansas City has set Kansas themselves City up has, for uh, failure. Uh, failure. Me, Eric talked about this before. When the other when contracts the other come up, come they're going to run into a run huge into issue trying to issue sign trying everybody to, to keep, keep that di- uh, dynasty in place. Randy, what are your thoughts on the contract? Um, at, at first, I, I thought it was just so much money, but I mean, the way it's broken down, I think it's a pretty good one for the Chiefs as far as it's back-ended, and you know that by the time they get to year six or seven that that they're going to be able to restructure and, and kind of work their way out that way. I, I, I'm still a proponent of don't overpay your quarterback, but I do think Mahomes as young as he is and how good as he's been in the league. I mean, he deserves to be the highest paid quarterback, but I, I looked up this stat when I was talking to Robert Taylor, as you had brought up his name and the highest paid quarterback in the NFL has not won the Super Bowl since 1994. So I honestly, again, Mahomes is so good. He deserves it, but I can't wait for somebody like Dak Prescott to ask for Mahomes. Money. It's going to be great. Did you guys see the meme that we were making the rounds when Patrick Mahomes' contract got announced? And it was just Jack standing there rubbing his hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, paid. Oh, Jack. We'll what see how clueless you really are. But honestly, I think that this contract is, is not going to hurt the, the Chiefs for the next year or two, but it's when everyone else on that team... Wants their money. 
then that's when it's really going to start hitting. And that's how it always works. I mean, you look at the Seahawks with Wilson on his rookie deal. It was you build the team, and then you get that young quarterback that that, that fits the the system, and you're really good for a few years. And that's what the Chiefs are doing because you had Mahomes for cheap. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs look in like three or four or five years. How how much longer are uh, Kelsey and Hill under contract? Does anybody know? I think Hill I think just signed he'll... another contract not long ago. Him or Kelsey. Uh, give me a second. I can look it I up. I think Kelsey's uh, the one whose contract is coming up. I was going to say, I think Kelsey's contract expires at the end of next season, does it not? If it's not next season, it's the year after. I'm not going to say that the pieces aren't there in Kansas City because they clearly are. I mean, they are the defending Super Bowl champions. But when you have one player that's going to be taking up as much money in the for the franchise going forward, you have to hope that nothing happens to him that could in any way jeopardize the future of that franchise because of all the money you have committed to him as is, as well as all the potential money that you could have committed to him down, down long term as well. Well, the Raiders right, so are Kansas City. Oh, go ahead, Jason. Hill becomes a free agent in 2023. And, and Kelsey's 2022. Okay, so Kelsey is not this season, but the season after. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit of good news because, number one, this extension doesn't kick in immediately. They've got a couple of years. But between all of the clauses that they have in his contract as far as what he can or can't do, and how this $500 million is really structured, most of it being roster bonuses and etc. They have ways that they can maneuver and manipulate to sign a couple pieces down the road. It's not as bad. Not to mention that it'll probably end up becoming a Bob and Panilla situation down the end of the line as well, where a lot of this money is backdated towards the end of the contract where he gets it all in bulk towards the end. Oh, dear Lord. Even by the time that this contract is over, Bobby Bonilla will still be getting paid. Yes, that yeah. is that has been confirmed. Oh, boy, was smart. What can I say? All right. Well, hey, Bruce Sutter was just as smart. He's been getting paid since 85. Next topic, Derek. Well, on for this one... <laughs> Should we say Heil Jackson? <laughs> Deshaun Jackson needs to get a little bit of history straight before he starts quoting people on Twitter and popping off at the mouth. <laughs> okay, I need to explain my laughter there. Because for basically the entire time since we've started this show, Randy has sat there emotionless. As soon as Eric mentioned the title of this topic, you just see the color yeah. wash out of Randy's face. Like, oh shit, are we really going there? Why? Well, I, yeah, I mean, we have to really go. There. go. I mean, yeah, he, we tackle hard subjects. He, he's an idiot, and I, I think it's getting handled I, I okay. Getting... Um, as far as I am, so anti-cancel culture that we see on the internet these days. Somebody says something stupid, and all of a sudden. They can't do anything ever again. I hate that. So I didn't want to see Deshaun Jackson lose his job. Just like I, I didn't want to see um, who is the white 
receiver for the Eagles that threw out the N-word at the concert? Riley Cooper. Riley Cooper. I didn't want him to lose his job over it. Just use it as a, as a learning experience. I think there are players that are doing the right thing and, and getting a hold of him. Edelman with, with Jackson wanting to take him to the museum and stuff. So punish him a little bit. Make it a learning experience. Obviously, his apology was, was fake as hell, but... I, I, I'm glad that he didn't lose his career over saying something stupid because I hate that. But the, it's not a comfortable thing after everything that's happened in this country in the last few months for then that to happen. I, I mean, I hate Deshaun Jackson for reasons that, you know, Shock. happened on the field. Uh, but, you know, like, I, I, I agree with Randy. I'm I'm very anti-cancel uh, culture. Um I'm very um, anti being offended. I'm a very offensive person. Anybody that listens to this show knows that uh, I, I'm, I'm who I am. I don't. If I offend you, it's your problem, not mine. Um, I kind of say what's on my mind. I don't really pander to anyone. Sorry, Sean. Um, but. You know, it's one of those things that <clears throat> use it as a learning experience. Uh, maybe make him make a donation or something. Yeah, the apology was fake as hell. It was it was just a a um, pandering to to save his ass to kind of try to lessen the flow, but the damage was already done. Uh, I'm not I'm not one to for the whole. I'm sorry. Uh, culture anyway. If you say something, you mean it. You only say I'm sorry after you see the repercussions. So, you know, just take it as a learning experience. Show show what needs to be taught rather than immediately immediately um, him and you know affecting him because people make mistakes. It happens. I've screwed up. I know it's – don't let my wife hear that, me actually admitting that I've made mistakes in my life. But I think I think it just needs to be something that people can look at, see that you made a mistake, be for, forgive him for it, move on. And, you know, it's just like bringing up stuff, you know, that we see now. Uh, 15, 16-year-old when, – when athletes are 15, 16-year-old, they're idiots. They post something on social media, and now that they're entering into a professional career, it's being brought up, and they're thinking that that's the person that they are, rather than that was a kid that made a tweet. Eric? I mean, personally, when it comes to the idea of cancel culture, had it been around when I was in my semi heyday and leading up to now I wouldn't be on this podcast plain and simple I don't necessarily like what he said I don't really like that he got his facts wrong and of all people to attribute something let alone incorrectly that happened but again he had people come to his defense I get it in today's climate I get what he said but I knew it was going to be a bad look, and I'm very thankful that it's being handled this way. And if I'm the Sean, I take Julian Edelman up on his offer. Ha- go to the museum, 
Go to the other museum, the other. sit down, and have that conversation. Be uncomfortable so that way everybody can learn something. You mentioned the fact of people coming to his back in here, and let's talk about the fact that another Jackson completely put his foot, his mouth in the process as well of this. Stephen Jackson trying to come to Deshaun Jackson's aid and basically looking like a giant moron in the process to the point that he had to backtrack his defense of Deshaun Jackson the very next day as well. In 2020, you cannot say something and expect there not to be blowback if you are a professional athlete. Is mm. it fair to them? Absolutely not. It is as Charles Barkley once said, I am not a role model who just make me out to be one. The problem is in the current culture, athletes are considered role models by the vast majority of the American public. And anything and everything that they do is front page news for the sports section and front page and headline story for something like ESP Sports Center or any kind of sports flashes you hear on any of the radio stations. You will very quickly become cannon fodder for a story if you say something to the tone of what Deshaun Jackson said. It is that simple. Yeah, it is a learning... I was going to say, especially this summer when there's no games to distract anybody from. Mm-hmm. So it's Dang. always the, this kind of news that, that's going to get everything because, like you said, Sports Center needs a topic somewhere talk radio especially with all the shows that are on espn and fox sports one and stuff all the week daily tv shows that they have if something like this happens when you put your foot in your mouth so visibly in the current climate it is going to become talking talking fodder for days and weeks to come eric is exactly correct here take julian edelman up on his offer Go to the Jewish Museum of National History. Make a donation to various Jewish charities to actually put your money where your mouth is, both literally and metaphorically speaking, in trying to make some kind of some kind of make good, some kind of reparation for the damage that your comments would have said going out to a mass audience. Prove that you're willing to learn and become a better person for it. The same way somebody like Riley Cooper did when he made his donations to the uh, to the various organizations when the videotape came out from the concert. Exactly. Julian wants to take like, him like, to the... Well, Julian wants to take him to the like Holocaust Museum and Museum of Jewish American History. Deshaun wants to take Julian to the African American Museum. Julian even offered that. Go ahead. Fulfill both sides of that. Sit down and talk. Make it a podcast episode. I think that would be enlightening for everybody. So what you're saying, Eric, is let's talk about it? Basically. Available in the archives here on the W2M network. Anybody else have anything for the Deshaun Jackson story? I heard your Kareem Hunt comment, Jason. I chose to ignore it. That's just treat everybody like Kareem Hunt treats women. Use an opinion to Jason T. Son of a bitch. Eric. Preseason? What preseason? So, the NFL officially announced a while back. <laughs> that they were cutting out the first and fourth weeks of the preseason, meaning 
Teams would only play two games, one a home, one away, and the preseason would start a little bit later. Well, the NFL Players Association has decided, now forget those two games. With everything going on, just forget the preseason altogether. There's going to be a meeting in the minds, and there's a few ideas on the table, including just a one-game preseason. No matter how this goes down, there's going to be intrigue. All right, I'm going to go first here if you guys don't mind because I actually have several thoughts on this particular topic. The floor is one. If you're not going to do preseason games, then do inter-squad scrimmages with the two with two teams, like local teams. Have local teams stick with the local teams nearest to them and let them do scrimmages so they can simulate real game formats. Because the fact of the matter is, without the simulation of the real game format, as soon as these guys are put into positions where they have to perform in game formats, Injuries are going to pile up if they are not ready to do so. Agreed. Agreed. Two, one preseason game, the absolute only way that works is if all those games are held on neutral sites, and I do not see that as a viable possibility. Because then you're taking away revenue from one of the teams that has to go on the road to another team for that one preseason game. Three, at this point in their careers, with all of the options for the inter-squad scrimmaging and everything like that, is preseason really a necessity anymore? It's not like these, the only thing that these games really do is help teams fill out their rosters, you know? Certain places, yeah, you'll decide a starting job here and there, but more often than not, it's the guy fighting for that 52nd, 53rd, 54th spot on the roster. Yeah, I can really yeah, see all of those points, and I mean... I know a lot of teams really prefer the inter-squad scrimmages rather than the actual preseason games themselves. And I know that even before the pandemic, there was going to be a shift towards that one way or another. My main complaint about the one preseason game format is how are you going to find the neutral sites to where you'll be able to conduct those safely? Very question because of the fact that various states are still in various um, sick, various states are still in various states are emerging lockdown when it comes to the current pandemic here. How mm-hmm. high are you going to have various effects? Jason, your thoughts on the potential adaptation of the preseason schedule? I think, uh, I think eliminating preseason uh, is ridiculous. Uh, you like you already stated, you're going to see a lot of injuries. You're going to see a lot of um, revenue loss. Also, you're going to see teams, if you do have that one preseason game, you're going to see like the bottom, the bottom roster slots playing rather than showing that, um, that actually people that do participate and go to preseason game. You're not going to see the, not, the people you want to see play, even if it's for a series or anything. You're going to, it's you're going to take a step backwards, and I think the uh, Players Association uh, would needs to really think about this because it's actually going to be more detrimental because of the injuries that would occur because if you jump right into a game atmosphere without any, like, buffer there, 
the first two weeks first are going to be horrendous for revenue. People don't want people's not going to want to attend games. Uh, I know that there's you know we don't have this on the docket, but there's already talks of you know a backlash of, about a recent decision made by the NFL. So you're going to cut that revenue down even further due to you're not going to see the best games that a team can put on the field. Well, let's talk about the fact, too, that a lot of the teams have already come out in their email blasts to their season ticket holders and told them that, by and large, most likely seating is going to be limited in these venues even for regular season games, which means odds are seating is going to be even more limited for preseason games. Thus, it defeats the point of having a ton of them happen importantly it defeats the point of a lot of these teams traveling to various locations for games when it'd be easier just to squim- scrimmage up against team the uh, nfl team that's closest to your location randy your thoughts on where we are with the nfl's preseason format yeah i i think the preseason right. should just go away as, as that I, i'm with you guys as far as the the, the scrimmages and stuff I, as was mentioned a few times i think teams would rather do that just get with the the local team and, and, and play a few times and, and work things out, especially if you don't play each other that year. I think that has seemed to work out way better anyways. As far as the revenue goes, I mean, as you guys said right there at the end, and revenue is going to be down. I mean, that's that's already a lock because these stadiums are not going to be filled up to capacity because of all the COVID stuff. If, if they're even allowed to have people at all, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the next few months and, and the changes. We've seen a few states just to do go go crazy with it so but as far as like the injuries and stuff i think if they, they cut it down to just the one preseason game i i think i disagree i think you will see a lot more starters in that game as long as it is two weeks before the season starts because that'll be set up like the third preseason game in the setup we're used to so i think you will see starters in the first half like you normally do for the third preseason game um but that it all depends if we get one or two preseason games at all The idea behind the preseason being as relevant as it has been over the course of the last couple of years tells you that you really don't need a full-length one anymore in the NFL to begin with because you have all these teams. The Giants traditionally do well in the preseason. The Browns traditionally do well in the preseason. And over the course of the last couple of calendar years, there are those teams that made a mark during the regular season. You could have... The Giants play the Jets. You could have Buffalo would have to find somebody closer to them. Buffalo would probably end up playing like Philadelphia because that would probably be the closest team for Buffalo that was in a division rival. Or you could go in the opposite. Cincinnati would probably Cincinnati. Oh, that's a very good question because all of their closest teams are division rivals. Maybe Chicago. Yeah, I was thinking Chicago, Minnesota. Indianapolis. They can play Indianapolis. That's true. Unless it's a year where the unless it's a year where the uh, North plays the South. Yeah, I mean, but then you got teams like um, look at uh, you know, just throw this after the Chiefs, the the Panthers. You know, you do have those teams that don't really have a really close team to them. That they would have to travel. So well, you would have to have some play teams to where 
they would have to place somebody in their division or very close by if the whole idea is to minimize travel. Alternatively to that, though, with the NFL owners having the kind of expenses that they have, a lot of these teams fly private anyway. It would just be one more private jet to charter. Less private jet chartering, more trying to insulate in a bubble. That was the whole point of eliminating the preseason games, at least some of them to begin with. I mean, obviously, we're still a month out from what would be the start of the preseason, thereabouts. So things are going to change significantly between now and then, I'm sure. And I'm sure that we here at the kickoff will bring you all the latest updated news as far as that goes as best as we can as well. Mr. Anchorman, topic number four. Speaking of travel and speaking of altering schedules, multiple conferences have made many decisions as far as the football landscape. The Ivy League has said, we're not doing full sports. We're not. The National Junior College Athletic Association has just said, we're moving football until the spring. You've had the CIAA, which is a Division II HBCU conference, cancel fall sports. And now within the Power Five, you've had both the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decide they're going conference only for the football season with other conferences expected to follow suit. Jason, why don't you leave us off here with the conversation about college going to conference-only schedules? I think it's I think it's going to hurt a lot of colleges. Uh, we've talked about this off-air, and, you know, we can bring it to air. College football drives a lot of revenue for the college in itself. Um a lot of other sports feed off of the the revenue that college football does bring in, as well as a lot of things for uh, in the college as well. I mean, college football is almost over a billion dollar a year um, business. Try so, so you know that's going to hurt. Also, you see teams scrambling. I know uh, right now we're waiting. You know. Uh, I can speak on this. We've already lost one uh, opponent this year in Maryland, and right now Florida State is in question on the uh, Chick-fil-A kickoff classic for us, so that would be two games. Now, <clears throat> trying to find two two teams to fill those spots on a extremely short notice is an 80s nightmare. Um, so I, I so. I understand why, I understand, but the financial impact for colleges is going to be felt throughout the entire college, just not the football side. Randy? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I, I think more dominoes are going to fall. I think more conferences are going to go for the conference-only idea as far I. I see it on the on the radio and stuff all the time. People going, well, it makes no sense that uh, Texas can go to Oklahoma and be fine, but they can't go to Kansas or like an SEC team, and, and that won't be fine. 
to me, I think conferences are doing this because they expect the schedules to get really wonky anyways as far as travel goes. Again, with the COVID stuff, we don't know. Second wave, who knows what's going to happen. So I think they're going conference only to give them a easier way to rearrange schedules and make things work within their own conference without having to figure out 12 games. They can do it within their conference and move around a little bit. So, and even then that might change. And uh, the one group that's, that moved to the spring, that could be the entire college football landscape and we could all just play the whole thing in spring, or it could be that the Ivy league is as smart as they say, and we just don't have football at all. So I think most of these conferences right now are, taking that first step and, and just going conference only because who knows what's going to happen. So it's a lot easier to deal with schedules in conference than, as was said, try to come up with these extra teams if, if dates have to get moved. I think it's a lot easier in conference. I, I know Jason had something to add to what you just said there, but before you do, it was the NJCAA that announced that spring football was yeah. the National Junior College Athletic Association. As far as the, the Ivy League, I heard that they were pushing fall sports back to the beginning of January, but it wasn't necessarily a cancellation of football. Oh, basically they're canceling fall sports. They were originally going to do a conference-only football season, but then they decided not to have any sports until January 1st. So, okay. yeah. Okay. I said corrected. Then, uh, Jason, you had something to add to what Randy said. Yeah, so I'm going to throw this out because, you know, my college football team is in a not geographically friendly conference. Um, So where we're playing our conference games, we're flying, you know, teams are flying halfway across the country. So you have an argument there. If you're you're going to be in conference, you you know, most teams – you know, geographically are, you know, relative to each other. West Virginia, who is my team, we play in the Big 12. Most of those teams are Midwest teams. Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa, Iowa State. So, Iowa State, so there you have that argument of if you just play that at conference game it's still just same as if you played a normal out of and then you throw in the whole Notre Dame oh god fiasco <laughs> who who is not part of a conference do they cancel football for 2020 I so, have something I, about that well you're black we don't care I actually have an idea about <laughs> That as well, I actually have an idea about that as well, Eric. Do you think that um, if it comes push comes to shove and they go conference or only, do you think Notre Dame becomes an honorary member of the ACC this year? That's exactly what I was going to say. The ACC has been in talks with Notre Dame to the fact that if all of the Power Five go conference only, Notre Dame just fills out their schedule with ACC teams. See, ACC is an interesting one too because I mean, their furthest, their their two furthest teams away from each other is Connecticut and Miami. So I mean, that's a halt. Yeah. So that, that's why. 
But that's why I think that the travel is not the issue with going conference only. It's just being able to rearrange schedules and work within the conference is the reason why they're going this way. Okay, first of all, Connecticut was in the American Athletic Conference. Now that they moved to the Big East, their football team is an independent. Did they go into? I know that they moved, didn't they move their basketball team to ACC? No, they moved no, back to the Big East. Big East. Oh, okay, my bad. Well, then it would be Syracuse. It's Syracuse with Sy- ACC would be New York. So, yeah. So, uh, so it would be so, Syracuse, so. Miami. I mean, so, not that great of a difference, but a little bit geographically there. All right, yeah. you have something else to add it's, to that, Eric? It's and two, yes, two big states with quote-unquote outbreaks. Not to mention, this brings up to the point of college football economics. Number one, they're trying to buy themselves some time. You cut out the non-conference games, you lose money, but you also save yourself almost a month. Second of all, college football is a $4 billion business overall, not just one. I look at Stanford, they're cutting 11 sports for good after next year. And that happens. And I really think that with this kind of a situation, when the time comes up to where TV contracts and everything get renegotiated, you're going to see a lot more, I would, at least I would hope, regional conference realignments rather than getting these big name schools for cash grabs. Let me ask you guys this real quick in kind of that part there. Did you guys happen to check the article on sportsillustrated.com where they talked about regional realignment for college football? No, I got to so, what did that you think of it? All right, so if I've seen bits and pieces, but I know it wasn't like it never really hit the mainstream. I will find the article. I will link you guys to the article. Be prepared. It is a topic we will discuss next week. Okay. Okay. All right, as far as the whole college football conference only thing for me goes, I think at this point it's almost a necessity. In addition to the extra time that it would buy you guys in order to be able to attempt to salvage what is possibly left of the season, having the opportunity to face foes that you're familiar with would give you the opportunity to not have to be in be in as much of a much of a training camp. As much of a uh, as much of a study session on a week to week basis there, where the players would have the opportunity to not be around each other as much and not potentially spread anything to their teammates before any kind of a game situation would even come into play. So I get the idea behind going conference only, but I do agree with Jason that the Big Twelve is screwed. Specifically, if you're a West Virginia fan, because they would have further travel out of anybody based on this scenario. Missouri and the SEC. Syracuse to Miami. Are they the same? Are they? Aren't they on different sides of the Big East? They could just not play this year. Because is yeah. it one in the Atlantic, one in the Coastal? Yeah, Miami's in the Coastal. Syracuse is in the Atlantic. But what about Missouri and the SEC East? Yeah, well, Missouri's screwed. They're gonna come. They gotta come to Florida. So screwed. yeah, but but once again, you guys, as East Coast bias is, is showing. You look at the Pac-12 and Arizona, Arizona State compared to Washington and Washington State. I mean, that's yeah. quite the yeah. same. Yeah. 
How dare we be discussed by us? Wait, yeah. that's kind yeah, of what again, we do around here. Washington and Washington State are in the north, whereas Arizona and Arizona State are in the south. Yeah, but if you only go conference only, the, the thought yeah. is you play everyone in your conference. Actually, well, no. The original idea of going conference only is so you have those eight or nine games. It's only the Big Ten that's trying to push a ten. So, hypothetically speaking, here, let's say the uh, let's say the Pac-12 goes to an eight-game schedule. So, what would that be? Would that be five, the five against your in division, and then the three crossovers against the other side? You're looking at playing teams that are outside of your jurisdiction. Not to mention it could potentially throw off the home and away factor as well. That would be the trickiest part. There's going to be a lot of work that's going to need to be done in order to be able to get in the college football schedule this year. Honestly, my hopes are not high at this point. Not to mention, and you just brought up a good argument, those that have an eight-game conference season versus those that have a nine-game conference right. season. Yeah, I just, I just I just looked at Washington State's Washington State schedule. They they play Arizona State this year. They don't play Arizona. Uh, well, I would imagine that the schedules would have to be adjusted, though, wouldn't they? Not necessarily. Well, no, because if you're in a if you're in a cross conference like that, it would probably just stay the same for who you're playing uh, conference. I mean, the Big Ten's probably going to go ten, which would be six the six in their division and four across the. Big 12 would probably still want to do all all 10 teams, like you play all nine opponents. So, correct me if I'm wrong, Randy, doesn't the Pac-12 play a nine-game conference schedule they, as well? They play a nine-game schedule, yes. So, I would think that conferences are going to have to go minimum nine. For fairness, yes, nine would be the best. Now, here's the big rub. College football playoff. It's shot. I'm going to argue that this is going to have to be a situation where the polls are going to decide the national champion this year. Yeah. All right, so so Alabama is already national champion because we all know that SEC biased. It's either Alabama or Clemson. One of those two. I mean, yeah. Alabama... I mean, it, I don't know. It might hurt Alabama because now they ain't playing okay. like three JV squads, two high schools, and a correctional facility. I was waiting for your route for our institute for the blind comment from last season. Yeah. Well, no, they had to drop them this year. They, they got a new quarterback and running back in, and Alabama said that it might be too much of a game. <laughs> in case you can't tell, Jason hates the SEC. Uh, yes, I hate the SEC with a passion. Hey, just, just throwing this out there, you know, you know why uh, SEC female females can't have uh, have sex reverse cowgirl? Because you don't turn your back on family. <laughs> That's messed up, but funny. I'll give you credit. At least it was funny. Look, I'm in the middle of SEC country, and I can't even say anything about that. On a, on a related note, go Gators. All right, Eric, topic five. Oh, no. 
Now I gotta scroll back because I saw something funny in the chat. Game's been posting shit to throw us off our game as per usual. Naturally, yeah, gotta, but again, gotta, it's funny. Gotta keep you on your toes. <laughs> so, as as we was previously announced, we're not gonna have a Hall of Fame game this year. We're not gonna have a Hall of Fame ceremony this year. Everything has been bumped back to 2021. Completely fair. But with everything that's going on this offseason and the level of dumbassery, I figure just for the 2020 class, who would be in the dumbass Hall of Fame? I'm looking at you, Aldrich Rosas. Hmm. <laughs> Kicker is special, Jason. I'm gonna, and I'm your wide receiver. I don't know. I'm gonna take the. Uh, I want to take the hometown boy uh, that just got drafted, who proudly displayed his tattoo, not knowing the meaning behind it. Oh God. I'm actually gonna. I'm actually gonna show a little bit of hometown bias here as well. There was a wide receiver that Cleveland drafted in the fifth or sixth round out of Youngstown State University. Who managed to get drunk drive his car into Lake Erie? Go Penguins! Well, I mean, he did get drafted by the Browns. <laughs> it may have been on purpose. I'll have to look up a name, but while I do that, Randy... I bet I, bet I know who it was. I bet it was Casey Anthony's new husband. <laughs> I caught, like, part of that. But, Randy, you've been following the NFL offseason here. Who, which dumbass is the greatest dumb to ask this particular offseason? This offseason? That's tough to tell. Uh, when we were, we were looking at it, I was thinking of all-time Hall of Fame. So I'm thinking Plexico Burris, who shot himself. But uh, for this offseason, i got to do a little more research. We're doing all-time Hall of Fame. I'd like to, I'd like to, since we're in July, give an honorable mention to Jason Pierre-Paul, who had an explosive Fourth of July one offseason. <laughs> Give me four. Give me <laughs> Three ain't enough, man. You need four? Yeah, he's still got a nub on that fourth one. He's still got a nub. One's gone. He's got a nub. He's back, back it up, Terry. Back it up. Put it in reverse. I mean, I guess if you're talking uh, about this think... season, Greg Robinson wins the whole thing, right? The offensive lineman for the Browns who got caught with 157 pounds of marijuana. He was just trying to have a fun Eric party. That's all he was trying to <laughs> he, do. He was on his way to visit Eric. Look, I mean, it would have taken a while, but it would have been disposed of. You just wouldn't Eric's, have heard from him. Eric said that would have been a good weekend. <laughs> Jeremiah Lamont Braswell was the Cleveland Browns player who drove into Lake Erie. And this is to say nothing about the two players that, that held up a casino, that held up a poker game, allegedly. Oh, you mean the ones that allegedly had a witness pay people off to recant their statements? Allegedly. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. This is not counting Earl Thomas who allegedly got caught teaming a chick with his brother 
and his wife walked in and pulled a gun on his dumb ass. Tag team, Tag back team. again. Check your rectum list again. Hurry on, party people. Let's make some noise. <laughs> JC's in the house. Jump, jump, rejoice. Jason? Party, party over there. Throw your hands in the air. Shake the air. These three words when you're getting busy. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Tonight's episode of the kickoff no longer brought to you by Depeche Mode. That's no. an off-air joke, Eric. That's all that matters. <laughs> so does this technically right, so count as our musical episode? <laughs> no. Hamilton on Disney Plus. <laughs> on this show before. We cannot be bought, but we can damn sure be rented. We are for rent. We are for rent. Three dollar hooker on a Friday night. I, I don't know. You better bump that up to five. I've got some stories. All right. And the last one. I do have a bonus that I want to discuss. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a serious note, but I'm going. I'm going to save it for a future episode. Well, this one, it's a little bit of development right before we came on air. It's the team to be named later. Unfortunately, if the news comes out to be true, that there's going to be a very big deal come Monday, we can no longer call the team the Washington Redacteds. The fuck we aren't. Well, if they, des- if they decide on Warriors, they will still be the Redacteds in my eyes. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they change their name to. They are now and forever the Washington Redacteds on this podcast. But see, why couldn't they actually make that their official name and just have the names blacked out on the back of the jersey? <laughs> <laughs> Which, and then, like, the, 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 uh, the helmet logo is a face with the cancer culture symbol through it. See, that would work. It right the starting quarterback. <laughs> and that wide receiver. I, it, it writes itself. <laughs> Speaking of people who dumbass, thank you for everything in your contribution to this topic, Daniel Snyder. No wonder your own partners even want to sell the team from underneath you. All right, continue, Eric. Oh, so so, there has been rumors and some logos and some mock-ups, and even head coach Ron Rivera has said that he's been making headway and speaking to Dan Snyder about the name. There's going to be an announcement to where the current name is going to be retired. A new name is going to be introduced, and with completely new non-Native American imagery. All of this after Nike and Pepsi have pulled their advertising ties. Amazon has pulled beer from the store. The minority partners are looking to sell their portion of the team. So, yeah, Snyder is like, I don't want to lose money. I got to fix this. FedEx has said that if they did not get rid of the team name, they would take away the sponsorship rights to the stadium. Not to mention, if they do decide to move back into D.C. on the site of what is now RFK, the district told them, you've got to change the name. 
All right, so this is actually per what Eric just said here in the ESPN app alert section. And we'll talk back name. Not say that in this show. At least not intentionally. Name to be announced at a later date, courtesy of Sport Business Daily. It doesn't matter what they name their name to; they're still going to be the redacted to us. It's going to be the DC. It's going to be the DC. Redacted to the Washington. Instead of Washington, it's going to just be the DC. Which we talked about off air before we started, and I said would probably be the greatest troll job in NFL history. That being. I mean, this is long overdue, is it not? Yeah. But Jason yeah. actually has Jason actually has a theory about this because he was not happy about them being forced to change their name because he said that there are other teams in sports that do the same as well. Jason, why don't we bring that conversation to the air here? Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, I mean, in the in the culture we live in, um, I think if you're going to make one team do it, any team that has a Native American mascot. Regardless of anything, you know, people, you know, chimed in about the Florida State thing. I don't care. It's still, uh, looking into that, it was really shady. There was some shady stuff that went on to get that. I think if you're going to do one, you need to do it across the board. Don't don't set that, don't set that standard and live by it. I don't because because... If you pick and choose, it, it creates an issue. Just like Just something like, that you know, I'm going to want to discuss in a in a future future episode that me and Eric actually have talked about, and then I pose the question to Eric, you know, society today and how the impact that will happen. I think, uh, like the Cleveland, I uh, I know that they voluntarily, they voluntarily changed the. The Chief Wahoo the logo Chief a while back because it was a character. Stand up, you know. But I think if you're gonna if you're gonna make one team change, and when I was when I made this post on Facebook and I, I pissed a lot of people off, uh, but and they because they didn't do the research. Actually, the Kansas City Chiefs had a protest led against them after they won the Super Bowl to change their name because a tr- uh, a few tribes was protesting the chief name. Teams are, uh, it, it's financial gain. There is, to my knowledge, you know, in my research, to my knowledge, I should be wrong, not be said that I'm not. You're making monetary gain off of a Native American culture. And in, in the society that we now set the precedent, culture appropriation is a thing. You know, I'm about to fucking sit up charms because that little fucking can't catch him. But I, I think but I need to look at it as can't pick and choose. The standard and live by it. Harry, Harry, want to chime in? Well, I'm actually going to kind of touch on it there because one of the teams that you mentioned in that particular uh, conversation that you had on Facebook came out and said, Do these supporters 
that they will not be dating the same name. You kind of broke up there. All right. Can, can you hear me now? Yeah, I, don't I know, believe you, you were out? saying in reference to Atlanta. That Braves have come out and said they will not be changing their team name. But they are going they to look at the, the chalk. Yeah, they are going to possibly consider removing the Tomahawk chalk from the Atlanta Braves franchise. But they will not be changing the Atlanta Braves team name. Despite mostly because of the fact that it's all the way back to the time of the Boston Braves as well. Mm-hmm. And so, just like the Indians, yes, they are going to change, potentially look to change their name. And the first step with that was removing Chief who was a mascot. So I understand, and I flat out said, it's either you change your name or you make a deal with the Native Americans. One or the other. Let me ask you this, Randy. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm working on that. I just packed it up my set, so... I apologize for the audio issues that we are experiencing. Um, real quick, before I mute my microphone, Randy, I'm going to ask you here. Yeah. Do you think it's going to become a case of, for the cultural appropriation here, that, like, for the Native American teams, it's going to end up requiring payola down the road, similar to the story for the state in the Seminole Tribe? Sorry, that was really broke up. I couldn't hear it. Um, Eric, take over for a quick second, okay? Let me reset some stuff. Sure. What um, Harry was asking was, do you think that this could lead to payola down the road for the Native American tribes as basically saying, hey, if you don't want to change your name, you've got to make a deal. So along those lines. I don't know about that. I, I, I don't think... Just because there's a nickname that is a like is thought of as you know Native American stuff that they all of a sudden should get money for it. It's just out of bad taste, like has been said. That I, I honestly I think who cares about a nickname? Just change it. Like, if people are offended by it, who cares? Change your name. It's not a big deal. If the I mean, as a fan of the Jets, obviously the Jets aren't going to offend anybody, but. If they decided to be called something else next week, who cares? Then I'd be a fan of well, whatever nickname they came out of. So it's... That, that brings up something as well. Uh, now, Ben Roethlisberger has came out to sue the National Nashville Predators <laughs> due to he feels offended about that. <laughs> well, I mean, That's great. Uh, with him still looking like Yukon Cornelius, I mean, what does that tell you? But, I mean, to Randy's point, the New York Jets were originally the New York Titans. The Yankees were originally the Highlanders. You had the Cincinnati Reds used to be the Cincinnati Redmen. Sometimes change is necessary. Sometimes it creates a better brand. Now, I think with some Native American tribes, especially with the situations that they've been in, going back to being on reservations, and I can go into the politics about treaties and everything, but I won't. I think some of them would deserve it and would benefit from it, but I don't know if they would necessarily ask. Okay, once again, I'd like to apologize for the audio difficulties that we've had on this particular episode. Uh, I found 
the source of the issues, and I will be having a conversation with my internet provider about the source of the issue. Get yourself a discount. But, um, to pull, pull paper, plating for the Native American. If you're going to use those kinds of names, it's going to reach a point where you have to. And, and this is kind of what I'm saying. Out those names. Okay, that last bit was really muddled. God damn it. I mean, I, I think... I think if you can reach some kind of agreement, uh, I think, uh, I mean, even, you know, I brought this, I, I even brought this up and it was really controversial because I made this statement. Um, if Washington, if Dan Snyder came out and said, okay, we're going to funnel all merchandising into a, some kind of fund to assist Native Americans, uh, what would be the issue of that? It's and you know, change your logo, keep the name, change the logo. Is it offensive? Yeah, I mean, it, it can be. I mean, but this has been going on that I know of. Uh, like I said in my brief research, this has been a topic since the '60s. Mm-hmm. It's it, and you know, it's a business. Um, like I said, I mean, you can't do where, where does it's a slippery slope. Where does it stop? What guidelines go through? What, what do you need to do to be accepted? I mean, you know, you've got a lot of parameters, a lot of re legal ramifications and I agree with Randy, you know, change the name. That's fine. But do it across the board. Why Why pick and choose? It's one of those things that, you know, there's plenty of generic names out there. I mean, I, date, I dated a girl that was offended by the word giant. I mean, she was 6'1". I mean, you know. Hey, nothing wrong with Amazons. I mean, let me tell you, some of my best... No, they get their, they get here, their shit here quick. <laughs> Different kind of Amazons, but okay. <laughs> but I mean, why? Why even have a mascot? Why not just go? Why not just go represent your city? Oh, because the, the teams will change city more than they'll change their nickname. Not to mention, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were just fine, but even they realized, ah, maybe we need a mascot. And then here comes old Steely McBeam. It just happens. Giants don't have a mascot. You're like my wife, Harry. I hear your, I see your lips moving, but I don't hear a word you're saying. <laughs> So while Harry figures that out, what do you guys think the name's going to be? I hope Red Tails. Warriors is about the only one that I'm going to be against. Uh, I think I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Red Tails. I think that's gained a lot of the support 
uh, and I've seen a lot of a lot of momentum pushing to that. Uh, will I be okay with it? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a name. It's a team right. name. It's not like is it going to personally affect me? No, I still I still hate them. They're division rivals. I think still think they're shit. I still think they're, I still I still hate them and the Cowboys. But as long as Pittsburgh, because I just hate Pittsburgh. Um, but I mean, it, it's a name. You know, you can change a name. You can change cities. It's but. I mean, it's it's a monetary branding of a team. And, you know, it goes back to where where does it stop? I mean, do you do you uh, do you go after the Seminoles? Do you go after the Blackhawks? Do you go well, after the Chippewas? And, and a lot of those have been gone after. It's just yeah. whether those owners decide to change it or not. Yeah, I mean. It, it, it gets to the like, point to where if the brand loses money, and for yep. Washington, it's been losing money even aside from this because they've been horseshit. But if the brand loses money, they'll go ahead and rebrand. Seen that all the time. Yeah, but I think I think as far as the name goes, Red Tails probably is the leader. But I look at it with all these rumors, as you were saying, Redskins minority owners are looking to sell and stuff. And there's a guy. That, that wants to buy it, you know, Jeff Bezos, we are talking about Amazon, so I think it's going to be the Washington Prime. I think that's what their team name is going to be. And Jeff, they're going to announce Jeff Bezos has bought all of the stuff. Well, no, because, maybe, maybe, maybe because, not. Because Washington can't deliver. Well, not to mention <laughs> the fact that look at what happened when Amazon bought the naming rights to the new hockey arena in Seattle. Climate change arena. You don't know what the hell Bezos is gonna do. You just know what's gonna happen the next day. Two days max. <laughs> All right. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, we yes, hear we, you. Can. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to get and I had to get that one in while I did because I didn't want to hear a family show just yet. We're actually on the under right now, which is incredibly shocking and a little disappointing, if I'm being honest. Just wait. If Jason sets me up, just be ready. As far as the whole Washington name change goes, I'm officially going with the Red Tails, but Warriors would not surprise me just because I feel like that would be Daniel Snyder's way to say fuck all of you for making me change it in the first place and still sick, sticking with something that has kind of that Native American connotation to it. Mm, I would get it, and it would be him, but I still say for something like that, it's too generic. Not See, I think it's going to be interesting too with the Red Tails one is that I think it would add a little bit of um, I think it would add a little bit of individuality to the uh, organization too because that's not a team name that you see in any other uh, sport there whereas the Warriors have Golden State in the NBA Golden State, Golden State. University of Hawaii multiple high schools you name it well, Rainbow Warriors for Hawaii but I'll get you points no, last I checked, they dropped the word rainbow. Yeah, it, offended. Yeah, it, it, it was offensive. 
Oh no, this was oh, done no, a few years back, not too recent. Yeah, I mean, it caught up and, and they, they changed it. Because... I, I, I remember reading some that there was a petition that said that the rainbow part was offensive to the LBQT RSXYZ community. LGBTQIA+. Yeah, I'm opinion to JCT's league definitely do not fly those of the rest of us here at the kickoff. Well, I mean, no, I mean, I support your lifestyle. But but it's just it's just so hard to keep up with everything that's included now. He, he supports your lifestyle with the I mean, I just read about transgender person on Twitter. I'm okay with it. Okay. All right, do we have anything else to discuss before we call it a wrap for this particular episode? Uh, the Saw 6 of the News Talk that Eric had repaired. Yeah, you need yeah, to get you your fucking to... I'm so pissed off about my internet tonight. I'm not even going to lie. Like, shit, I'm fuming right now. I mean, you're... people, y'all's lucky this is like this stuff. I'm not doing any reason. Yeah. See, Google, y'all had a great chance with Google Fiber since you want to take over everything else on the damn planet, but no. What I'm going to try to do for the next week's episode is I'm going to try to reset my router right before it starts. That way it deflates me a much better bitch. I might even use the laptop. Remember, you just unplug it for 10 seconds, then plug it back in. That's what she said, giggity. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting. No, no, and that wasn't even a no sell. That's just you're on your island. I was waiting for Eric to something smarty to say to that. All right, uh, Randy, where can people find you online? Oh, pretty basic oh, on pretty basic. Twitter. I'm at Randy Isabel, and I guest on a bunch yeah, of these other W two M podcasts on the video game ones every so often. Not too much right now. Not too much right now. Eric, what can you find you on? Uh, at Squid on Twitter. Soccer to the Max is set to make a comeback this week. And if you want to talk about different tutoring or anything else on Facebook, find me under Eric Watkins. Again, guy, wine, recliner. You got the right idea. And naturally, if you're willing to undergo a vetting process and do a little bit more screening, slide into my DMs at Squid Sportshead, and you get access to my dark Twitter, Instagram, Telegram, Snapchat, etc. And this blog brought to you by the fine people at Rich TNT LLC, now affiliated with Dun & Bradstreet. Okay, before James his online plugs. Randy, do yourself a favor and do not scroll back in his group chat at all. I don't Trust know why not. 
Trust me, don't scroll back on the group chat. It's working on your online. Uh, you can find me at W2EM Chairman on Twitter. Um, if you find me on Facebook or Instagram, I'll tell you to go fuck yourself. Uh, but uh, closing out, I do want to welcome Randy to the group. Um, it's been a pleasure, you know, uh, doing the show. And hopefully we do have a fourth going forward. Um, and we can branch out and say say um podcast uh, going if you need the eagle on facebook on twitter on instagram on pretty much any of the other major social media that you can think of that's where you can find me uh on facebook as well would be the easiest way to find me there and I'm going to once again apologize for the audio difficulties I have had seen. I am not happy about it. In fact, we'll be hearing from me about it because of the fact that it's internet that isn't giving me issues. So hopefully we'll have that all straightened up by the time we come back to you next. Um, hopefully we won't have to go for episodes anymore here. We're ready. Welcome aboard. Yeah, glad to be here. Hopefully the internet works out better and we can hear each other better next week. Uh, I tell you. And remember, we went easy on you. I appreciate it. For the Riz, Randy is well, the unprofessional Jason Teasley, and the anchor man, Eric Watkins, who's now the executive producer once again. You see, I can't say that without fucking it up. <laughs> I'm your host, my name is Harry Rogers. You have been listening to the kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Net.com. In addition, you can find all of the archived episodes of the kickoff on all of your favorite listening platforms iTunes, iHeartRadio, Streeter, Popping, Castbox, Stitcher. <laughs> Guess what? Spotify is here. Thanks for listening, everybody. And again, apologize for the issues. Hopefully better next time. Can't promise, but hopefully we will. Here on the kickoff, a presentation of the WM Network. <laughs>